tell you what, uh, we are about a day and a half removed from that Detroit Lions loss to uh, San Francisco, and uh, the, the sadness emanating from Detroit, I can still feel it here. I, I, I live about probably an hour away as a crow flies from the city of Detroit, and uh, boy, people are just upset, sad, angry, and welcome to another edition of What Do You Know About Sports, and uh, Gary Jeffries and Lance Roberts and I are uh, doing this show every week, and we're just talking about what's happening in, in the sports world, and we're going to start with this uh, this uh, Detroit Lions loss, uh, which was really uh, disappointing to a lot of people close to where I live here. Uh, they lost to San Francisco. Gary, what did you think? Uh, losing that 17-point lead in the second half was heartbreaking. Tale of two games, really, the, the first half and the, and the second half. Um you know, they, the Lions came out so strong, and, and offensively they, they could do nothing wrong. Um, San Francisco had, had really no answer. And, and uh, you know, to, to jump into that 17-point lead, um, you know, it, it, it certainly looked pretty good. Um, but recognizing that, uh, you know, that, that team on the other, on the other side uh, got a lot of, lot of weapons. And uh, anyhow, it, it, uh, as it unfolded, um, you know, that San Fran came out, uh, that they, you know, that I, I'm sure that they felt they had to score on their first drive. They went down and, and Detroit held them to a field goal. Um, and, and so Detroit got the ball back and, and marched straight down the field again. And, um, you know, they, they had the option. They certainly could have kicked a field goal and gone back up 17. Um, that would have put it right where it started, uh, you know, the, the second half and, but they'd taken five or six minutes off the clock. And, and uh, at that point, you're playing the game, I think, and you're playing the, you know, the score, um, the situation, and so on. And, and uh, But, you know, I, and, and Coach Campbell's getting roasted. There's no question. Um, but no one should have been surprised. Uh, this is him, and this is what he's done all season. Um, and uh, so, so this wasn't any different. Uh, he, uh, you know, he, he went for it. Um, and, uh, you know, if the kid catches the ball, uh, you know, and they go down and score and they win a football game, he's lauded as a hero. Uh, and that, that's just that that's coaching. Uh, it's a decision that, uh, that he made. And so the same, same decision he's made all season. Yeah. Um, so it, it's unfortunate. Uh, and then in the next, uh, five or six minutes, the momentum totally changed. Um, you know, the, the, uh, San Fran throws up, uh, you know, the, the the long ball and bounces off the kid's head, and next thing you know, they got the ball in the two yard line and they score. Um, and, and then the next time they get the ball, Detroit gets the ball, they fumble on the first play, and they go down and score again. So that, now it's a, you know, it's it's a tie football game. Um, you know, and there's another opportunity to tie the game late. Uh, they they can kick a field goal, at least attempt a field goal, not necessarily make it. Right. You know, it's a 44, 47 yard or whatever it is. Um, go for it again. Don't get it. And, uh, so I did uh, very disappointing. I, I certainly understand if, you know, if you're, if you're a Lions fan. Um, but uh, I, I feel badly for Campbell. Uh, but he, he's a big boy. He's a big boy. He'll, uh, he'll handle it. And, uh, um, you know, perhaps uh, going forward, you know, there's, there's, there's some learning that can be, uh, that can be had there. Um, you know, by everyone, but, yeah. uh, 
they're they're a good football team, and I, I think that although that division will be tough next week next year, I I think you know they're certainly going to be good for a while yet. Yeah, I mean to his credit, he, he didn't run and hide uh, for making those fourth and uh, fourth down gamble decisions, which didn't turn out well. I mean he owned up to them and and he defended them after the game, so good for him. But uh, yeah, I get that he's sort of done it all year, but man, I'm just watching thinking this is the NFC championship. You are less than 30 minutes away from getting to the Super Bowl here. You know, be smart, re- retain that uh, or regain that three possession lead. And uh, he didn't do it. And yeah, he's uh, he's feeling the heat a little bit now, but I, I just hope that team comes back. I'd hate to see this be a one and done sort of thing where we don't see the Lions in this big a game for another 30 years. They're going to be in a tough division the way they do their scheduling with the NFL now and they, they try to get parity. <clears throat> they're going to have a tough, uh, they're going to be in a tough division play and coming back to get there again. So yeah, yeah they're going to, it's going to be interesting to see how they do next season. But I mean, it, it all, you know, every time something like this happens in a hockey game or a football game or a basketball game, they always look, they always do the blame game. You know, they got to find someone who's at fault, who's done something wrong. And in some situations like that, I mean, if they made some catches there with those decisions he made, we, we wouldn't be talking about them like, like you know, in fact, in regards to, um, you know, the decision would be great decisions, you know. That's the whole thing comes down to. If they catch the ball, it's a different world. And that's sports. So it's it's hard for Detroit to lose that game. I mean, you got to give 49ers credit. They, they, you know, they, they came back and did the job. Yeah, yeah. I love the one description I saw of Dan Campbell afterwards that somebody said, Dan Campbell plays uh, blackjack and he gets a 20 and he still says, hit me. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, he, he I mean, you got to give, give us, you know, like he, like, it's like Gary says, he did it all season. Yeah. That, that was their, that was their forte. That's what they, that's what they built their, their team on, you know, to get to where they were. You know, so I think he had faith in his team and confidence that they would they would be able to make those plays again. So yeah, I I just hope he just wasn't playing, and I'm sure he wasn't, but I hope he wasn't playing to uh, suit the image that he had created <laughs> in that second half because it just seemed like it was just a couple of decisions that. Well, he, uh, he seems pretty sincere. I think. What about you, Gary? You ever been in those situations where you made those kind of decisions and then kind of thought to yourself, like, what the hell did I do? You know what? Since I retired uh, eleven years ago, sitting here in my my comfy chair in my living room, I have not made an incorrect coaching decision. <laughs> absolutely perfect. And prior to that, not so much so. So, uh, absolutely, you you, uh, you know, if they work out, it was a great decision. Um, you know, and if they if they don't, maybe not so much. But uh, you just try to make more good ones than bad ones. Yeah, yeah. Well, this, just on another topic, uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, also won on Sunday. They beat Baltimore in Baltimore. Um, and, um, you know, same old Chiefs just win big games when they have to. But I don't know about you guys. Uh, I, I thought Baltimore really uh, became a little unraveled there throughout that whole game with just a lot of undisciplined decisions and, things like that, that uh, sort of showed they were there for the first time. And in Kansas City, it looked like a team who'd been there many times. Well, I think Lamar had had a terrible football game. I think that he, I don't know what happened to him, but he just didn't have anything going at all in that football game. 
Um, there and they made they, they took some stupid penalties. I thought that really kind of hurt them. I think that that was a the, the the team was just not you know prepared to play with with what they had to do with that football game to win. And I, I just found that because uh, I watched that one right through, and I thought I thought it was a you know pretty good football game, other than all the kind of the you know, some of the plays that Baltimore. I thought Baltimore would be going to the to the Super Bowl if it, I had a, you know in my mind to go to the Super Bowl, but Lamar Jackson just didn't have one of his better games. No, and 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 Mahomes once again, uh, you know he he was he was terrific, um, you know, and and gets uh, gets lots of the credit. Uh, he, he and Kelsey, I, I think they, they were 11 for 11, uh, 11 targets and, and uh, 11 catches for, uh, for Kelsey. Um, and so, you know, offensively, they did what they had to do. Uh, he managed the football game in the second half. Um, the guy who doesn't get enough credit, in my view, is a defensive coordinator. I, I think I, I alluded to him last week. Spagnola uh, does a great job with that defense and, and uh you know, a, a big part of the reason that Lamar maybe didn't have the game that we expected is, is uh, uh, they completely took the run away. A, a team that uh, you know has run the football, you know, well all year. Uh, I, t- I think they held their two running backs to about 20, 25 yards. Uh, you know, the, the leading rusher was uh, was Jackson. So um, great job by that defense. Uh, if you're a finger pointer, you have a field a field day with this one. Uh, yeah. You've already mentioned, uh, you know, the, some of the foolish penalties that really hurt them. Uh, the, the Flowers kid, just a young kid, um, but uh, you know, the, the, the taunting, uh, you know, unacceptable. Uh, and then he fumbles the football going into the end zone. It, it you know, it, it was a, a series there that was a disaster. Um, so it, uh, you know, I, I guess we shouldn't be too surprised. Though. Mahomes once again, once again, and, and the Chiefs going to the to the Super Bowl and, and uh, you know, that they've, they've had an awesome run and, and the kid's legacy continues to grow. Yeah. The, the, the karma with the, uh, the, the flowers taunting Sneed and then uh, three minutes later, Sneed knocking the ball out of flowers hands, a, a foot from the goal line uh, that, that spoke volumes. I thought, um, but Gary, I'm curious as a coach, when you, when you've got a team that's, Obviously, playing a little uh, undisciplined like that in a big game, and and uh, maybe kids who aren't quite as experienced as you want them to be are taking dumb penalties. How do you how do you negate that? What do you say to them? Well, it, it, it's tough. And I heard I heard one of the the announcers. I, I think they were right. Um, Baltimore was just they were too hyped up. Uh, you know, with uh, the, the the stuff that was going on pregame, and and, and uh, that they were just wound up so tight, um, and, and this was such a you know a big deal in Baltimore, and that you know their first opportunity to you know to go to the big dance, and and uh, the kids were too high, and uh, you know, I, and once you get to that point and you get into the football game, it's pretty tough to reel them back. It. Uh, you know, it has to be a mindset all week long, and and, and certainly pregame and your pregame talk, and uh, you you want to be uh, you want to be passionate, you want to be wound up, uh, but but it has to be under control. And I, I think they maybe were, uh, um, you know, just too much so, too, too much so, too uh, uh, too fired up, and and uh, as a result, it hurt them. 
What's this Harbaugh? He's he's kind of he's pretty intense as a, as a coach, isn't he, Gary? Harbaugh. I, yeah, I, I I would think I, I think his his brother maybe more so. Uh, that, uh, just won with Michigan and going to San Diego, but uh, yeah, I I think that uh, yeah he 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 gets wound up and and, and that's good. You you know you you, you want that. Um, you just hope that uh, you know what transpired in this game doesn't happen. That's all. Want to move on to uh, some hockey news? And uh, wow, the Edmonton Oilers are suddenly uh, the best team in the history of the National Hockey League. They have won uh, 16 games in a row. They've won 24 out of 27. And uh, that team has completely turned it around here in the last little while. And Lance, I mean, you're the uh, you're the Edmonton guy. You grew up there. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that uh, you have uh, some real nice insight into uh, what's going on with this uh, Oilers hockey team that's suddenly setting the world on fire. Well, you know, it's interesting that we had that um, session of talking about the coaching changes going on in the league and all that, and now do they pay off? Do they make any changes at work? But obviously something's clicked in with the change they've made to, you know, the coach of Knobloch, and they've got Paul Coffey there, and it seems to have opened up things for them, and they're just, they're, I mean, the talent, they've always had the talent. There was definitely that. They had, you know, they were always – like every team seems to have a thing with the goaltender, but Skinner's playing great, playing absolutely fantastic. McDavid now is, you know, he's woke up, he's playing the way he can play, or he was playing that way before. It's just, it's just happening. And you know, as in hockey, sometimes, you know, you can be doing all the right things and losing, but now they're doing all the right things and winning. And I think that, you know, what they have now, they have, you know, Corey, Corey Perry. <laughs> so I got the name right this time. The uh, you know, with him in the lineup, it's going to make this team even stronger. I think they're going to have, you know, with you know, with Perry and uh, and and um, Hyman there, they're going to have a heck of a third line or second line, whatever, for checking line and and the penalty kill and all those things. So they're going to get, you know, they're going to be even better. I think they're going to make a good run to it in the in the end of the day with what they have there. But I think the coaching change must have made a big difference to them. Something was going on there. Something must have been happening, uh, you know, in the dressing room maybe or how he was, you know. What happens when you get a new coach, they start playing different guys in different situations, and all of a sudden, you know, the ones that are getting confidence that, and, you know, they might change to go, you know, for their go-to guys might be a little bit different. So those changes can make can make a big difference. So I think that's what's, what's happening for them right now. They're only one win away from the record. they got to go to Vegas, so to get through Vegas for the next game. So we'll see what happens. Since uh, since Coach Knobloch, since, since he's arrived, uh, they've gone twenty six and six, um, and uh, you know I, I don't think Woodcroft was a was a bad coach. Uh, you know their record under him was was pretty darn good over a few years he was there. Um, what I think, uh, and it's just my opinion, I I think uh, he's got them to buy in to a two hundred foot game. Oh, yeah, I, think I, I think I think to you know if you can get your superstars, if you can get those two kids, McDavid and Drysital, to buy in, then they're all going to buy in, and I think that's exactly what's happened. Uh, and they've recognized that by playing tough in their own end, uh, that can start your offense. Uh, that that can start your fast break offense, your breakout. Yeah, you know, get your three on twos and your two on ones, and and uh, so by playing in your end. Uh, you, you can still get uh, great opportunities at the other end. 
Um, they bought into that, and I think that's what this kid has done. I, I think uh, Knobloch had, uh, I think he had McDavid in, in Erie uh, when he was uh, when he was in junior. Uh, a little bit interesting story with him. Um, back in around 2000, I think it was, 99 or 2000, uh, the Canadian University uh, Canada Cup championship for university hockey was was played at the auditorium in Kitchener and, and, and Laurier was hosting it. And uh, so we all worked down at the, at the odd and, and uh, my, my role was, uh, I, I was in charge of the, uh, the penalty, dot, penalty box door. And I sat in the penalty box for, for most of the tournament and, and got to, to, to meet some of the kids. And one of the kids I met was Knobloch. He, uh, he was a, a big left winger uh, for uh, the University of Alberta. And a uh, great kid. I, I, I really liked him and I remembered him. And so kind of watched his career. And, and uh, so to see him get this opportunity is pretty cool. And he, he's obviously done a heck of a job. So good for him. You probably yeah, I think the coaching changes, it, like what happens with that is it just it just changes who they play and who they don't play. You look at Rick Talk now Vancouver, how good they're doing. It's no slight the coach that was there at the time. It just makes... You know, like it's like you freshen it up for a team, and all of a sudden, different guys are playing. Different guys feel comfortable, and they're, and they're you're right. They're buying into that tournament, playing at both ends of the ice. Yeah, you probably learned a few new words sitting in that penalty box, did you, Gary? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. <laughs> <laughs> you already knew them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, by all accounts, uh, I, I guess uh, Knobloch has just been a real nice calming influence there uh but you're right uh, gary about the 200 foot game that the forwards now seem to be playing uh here's an amazing stat in the last 14 games the oilers have not given up more than two goals in a game and wow i mean that's that just speaks volumes about obviously a the goaltending and, and b the defense but but also you know how your forwards are getting back and helping out you're not giving up two goals in a game uh, or not giving up more than two goals in a game for 14 straight. That's pretty unbelievable. Well, Darnell, Darnell Nurse, who was, who was struggling big time with the, before this streak and before this coaching change, he, he's been like playing his best hockey he's played since he's been in the National Hockey League. He's, he's, he's really thrived on this, uh, whatever they're doing for him as coaching and you know what they're saying to him. His confidence is high. He's playing his position. He's playing where he should be before he was coughing up pucks. He's playing some good hockey right now, and that's making a big difference for them. Yeah. Well, don't, and don't you think, uh, Lance, too, that uh, you know the the D players uh, they can be more effective when they know they've got the other kids coming back. Oh yeah, I mean, when they have the help, that's for sure. I mean, like you watched the Leafs the other day; they had that five five on four and ended up with a two on zero break on their goaltender. I mean. You got to have people that are coming back and helping out at all times. It doesn't matter what what time of the game, but you know what what's happening in the hockey game. Yeah, the the, the Bouchard kid was it's really been a a big offensive plus for them, uh, and maybe a, a bit of a liability in the on the back end prior to this uh, has also improved. That uh, you yeah. know Cody Cincy, you know couldn't who couldn't play with the Leafs uh, that has you know he's done a good job there. So. Um, when you play as a unit, you're, you're just going to be better. That That's exactly what they're doing. Bouchard has a heck of a shot. They, I think they're going to hit him shooting more. You know, and, and his, he's got one heck of a shot, Bouchard, man. I'll tell you, he, 
that's one 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 uh, one you know one of the big aspects for his game is shooting. I think they got him doing more of that. Yeah. One guy I have to say I feel a little bit bad for because I I, I always feel bad for somebody, right? Uh, Jack Campbell, uh, who by all accounts is oh. a terrific guy and was just sort of uh, torn apart there in Edmonton and and uh, he's now in Bakersfield and playing great in the American Hockey League. But uh, since he departed, that's when this thing has really turned around for the Oilers. And I don't think any of that was on Jack Campbell, but I feel bad for the guy. Too bad he's, you know, long, played for the Leafs and uh, uh, has had a great career and, uh, you know, probably isn't feeling real good about himself right now. But um, that's hockey. That's pro hockey. No, yeah. That's what it's all about. Well, it would be interesting to see the uh, Oilers now. Have a, they're, they're in a real long break here where they don't even play for another week. Um, week from tonight, their next game um, in Las Vegas. And they'll go for their 17th straight win, which would tie an NHL record set 31 years ago uh, by the Penguins. So that'll be uh, that'll be an interesting game to watch. After this layoff, what do you guys think? Do, do they come back and, and set the record and, and beat Vegas in Vegas or not? I think they will. I think they're gonna win. they're gonna they're gonna be refreshed. They're gonna be rested up. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Vegas is playing. You know, they're not. Playing like they're not the Stanley Cup champs of last year, but it'll be tough because they're going to go. They got a road. They're on the road for about three games, I think, with Vegas and the Ducks and the Kings. So we'll see how they do. It'll be interesting how they do in those three games coming back. Yeah, because I think you know, I think they'll do it. I think they're going to break that record. Yeah, I I'm, I hate to be the Debbie Downer here. I, I'm I'm going to pick Vegas in that game only because you know the last thing you. The last thing you really want when you're on a real hot streak is a long break, which the Oilers are on right now. And I mean, Vegas, Vegas as defending Cup champs, they're a pretty good hockey team. Yeah, and they're they're not going to want Edmonton to come into their building and uh, and tie an NHL record like that. So I have a feeling uh, I, I I would uh, I, I'd like Vegas's chances on that one. I hope we get that one on TV. That that's one I might stay up for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, still with hockey, uh, we are now a month into the professional women's hockey league season, the PWHL, and uh, I just wanted to get the, a take from you guys on on what you think is uh, this new league is now a month old. Um, every team has played anywhere from six to eight games. There are uh, six teams in the league three in the States, three in Canada. And um, yeah, by all accounts, uh, things are going pretty well. The crowds are good. The hockey is good. Um, it's fairly competitive. Uh, the Toronto team is really the only team that um, seems to be struggling a, a little bit as far as um, you know goals for and against compared to the rest of the league. But uh, what do you guys think of what you've seen so far? Well, I've watched. Well, sorry, going, Lance. Well, I watched a few games there, and it seems like there's uh, it, the spirits there. They've, they've had some crowds, some good crowds, and some some centers. Uh, Minnesota is is first overall, Montreal second, and I think I saw a game that was in Boston. They had a pretty good crowd in Boston, so there's been some good positive stuff happening for them. Um, I think the games have been really. 
I, I've seen them a little more physical than what I think that they have for a standard for women's hockey and girls hockey in the you know at the lower levels, which is okay. I think that's good to see. I think they have a bit. I've been watching the refereeing with it, and I, I can see where, where the actual body contact is only called really if, if you step up and actually body check someone like with so you know step into them. But when there's collisions and there's battles or whatever, they're not they're, they're letting that that you know basically letting that play go on, which is I think is helping a lot with the in the intensity of the game being able to be raised a little higher because of the fact that I think that I've seen some some good you know overall uh, feel for the game by the officials that are working it for what they're doing out there, and I think it's been helping the game a lot. So I think that they're I think they got a shot because I think because it's so competitive still. With the two top teams, you know Minnesota, and Montreal, and there's not quite that big of a gap yet, except for Toronto, which would hurt some if the Toronto team can't pick it up. But it's going to be tight coming down the wire, and it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, I think I think last when we first spoke about this a few weeks ago, when when they are just uh, starting up, uh, your your concern and and certainly justified that uh, um, was it it be competitive and uh, you know not be a one or two teams that kind of run away with it, um, and I've I've watched just about every game that's been on, uh, and, and they are that the games are competitive. They do go at it. It is physical, um, and, and uh, it, it's fun to watch. They they just set a, a Canadian attendance record the other day in Montreal. A crowd of around nine thousand. Uh, Minnesota, the first game down there, we wondered uh, again back when we first spoke of this. Uh, you know, going to the to their uh, their, their big arena uh, might have been a mistake, uh, and uh, you'd want the atmosphere to be about the same everywhere. Shoot, they put thirteen thousand in there the first night uh, in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, so I I think uh, people are 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 now they're, they're they're recognizing how good this is. People are attending. Um, the thing I like most, uh, it, it's it's back like the original six. The original six in the NHL, where I knew every player, I knew every player on every team, uh, and I'm starting to learn. I, I I know some of these kids now, and I I look for them, and there's six or seven of them on that that Toronto team that I I love to watch. Um, and uh, so I, you know, now in the NHL there's 32 teams. Heck, I, I you know, I, I know who the Leafs are, yeah. uh, but uh, you know, the, 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 and a few players on the other team. So I. I think that makes it more interesting as well. So I, I think they're off to a great start. Do you think there there's a there's a risk of uh, curiosity waning at this point now? Now that it's uh, you know it's been a month, and you know obviously lots of people were talking about it in the last three four weeks, but now that we're a month into it, is, is there a risk of that? I think that they were smart with how they set this thing up to start late, like they have. Because it created a lot of excitement for people to see it early, you know, to see how it goes. We have they have some momentum for that because they're going to be going into playoffs fairly quickly in this league. There's a short a short period of time, so they're going to gather gather that back up again, heading into it for playoffs, and then that run the people are going to you know a lot more interest to watch that. So I think they're going to be okay because it starts with really strong, and I think if they can carry that momentum into the the uh, playoffs, they're going to get a lot more momentum because of that more exposure and the hockey's you know people are watching they like it so we'll see how that goes but i think they got a good shot of having a the way they've set it up and the, the success is going to be based on that 
I, I agree, Lance. It's it's only a twenty four game schedule, so it, uh, you know, I I think that, uh, you know, they the, the, the kids they they play hard, they play hard, and if if uh, if you've been watching and you haven't been entertained, uh, I'd you know I I'd be surprised. Yeah. I I don't know how you can't uh, can't enjoy what you're seeing, and and uh, you know as long as attendance stays up, I I think that's uh, that's testament that. Uh, you know they they are doing a good job and, and uh, they are going to be successful down the road. Yeah. There was there was one game I watched that was about um, one of the things that was was uh, I think they might run into a little bit. There was an announcer they had at a game with Boston. It was announcing the game and the play by play was and it was not very strong. And it was kind of like you know you 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 want to act like there's some really good announcers that are women or women. They had a guy doing it. And he wasn't that good as the woman that was doing it. I, I listened to, I think she was out of Toronto maybe, or Minnesota. I'm not sure which game it was. But she was fantastic. And the, and the two played off each other really well. So part of the production has to be up to the level to bring that, you know, the, the viewership up too. So there's yep. so many components to make this whole thing successful. But if they have some strong people that are in the booth and bringing that excitement to the game too, that's going to help a lot, I think. And you would probably know that better than I would, Randy. Well, I mean, a, a, a Mickey Mouse play-by-play announcer can just hurt the overall look of a of a broadcast, obviously, but also of of a league. I mean, it, if you've got uh, some some guy or girl in there who sounds like Howie Howdy Doody, and or they don't know what they're talking about, it it, it really makes it look bush league. Yeah, but yeah, I I heard I. I... I, I remember that game last night. I, I thought the same thing. The, the, the guy was not very good. No. Um, and I'd like the fact that the, that the women are calling the game. Yeah, I, I like that, it too. They, they, they do a terrific job, and, and they should be. Yeah. They, they, they should be calling the games. And, and uh, so, no, I, yeah, the production, it, it starts right there, and, and uh, they've got to be careful with that. The one girl they had, that they had at, the, at the World Junior uh, I, I can't remember the name of the lady. It was on the panel for the World Junior uh, with uh, Jeff O'Neill, and I forget who else was on that panel, but she was really good. I think she was announcing one of the games, and I think she's or doing the color on one of the games. She was fantastic. And yeah. it was her. But it, it, could, it could have been. Was it Cheryl Powder? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and she she's doing a lot of the NHL stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, she does some. No, no, she not that. No, no, it was a it was a blonde girl, I think. I think she, is it Cheryl Pounder, the other one that does it with, um, it was Rod with, with yeah, definitely Pounder. No, that's this is a, a diff, this is a different lady, but she's um I think she does some announcing or play or uh, color commentary, and she's she's really very good. She really knows knows her stuff. That girl, yeah. Cheryl Pounder is great. Yeah. Former Laurier girl, Gary. Sure is. Sure is. Won the first uh, uh, provincial championship in our history back in, oh, I think, 98, 99. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one other thing before we leave the PWHL. Do, do those teams, in your opinion, do they need nicknames? Oh, yeah. I agree. I yeah, Absolutely. I think that's coming. They I think things started quickly. They, they, you know, they wanted to get it going this year, and they wanted to do it right, and and so they didn't, you know, that they, they they're taking some time with that. But I think definitely, and that boy, that's going to help them, you know, marketing wise, and 
uh, you know, to, to, to sell that gear with, uh, you know, the Toronto whoever. Uh, but I, I think the nickname's really important. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it, it just doesn't have the same ring when the Minnesotas are playing the New Yorks. It's, it, I don't know, it, it needs something there. Yeah, it'll come. Yep. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's move on here, guys. Boy, we're moving right along here today. Uh, Want to talk about the Raptors and uh, why it, it seems like a century ago now that that team won an NBA championship. It, it's been about five years, but uh, uh, they've really struggled this year. They were 500 last year. Now they are 14 games under 500, and as we record this show, they have uh, one win in their last. 10 games. Uh, Gary, I think you watched the Raptors quite a bit. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, they, they've, they've certainly struggled. And, and uh, you know, they're, they're kind of in a transition period. It, it, uh, I think, though, that the honeymoon's over for, for management, uh, for, for uh, Bobby Webster and, and, and Masai. Um, you know, they it was 2019 they won, and, and – uh, um, you know, here we are in 24, and, and, and you know, they're now looking like, uh, you know, so, some kind of rebuild. Uh, just got rid of their, their two top players, Anunoby and, and Siakam. Uh, brought in a local kid, R.J. Barrett, which is cool, and, and uh, a point guard, a kid named uh, Quickly that, that, that looks pretty good. But, uh, um, you know, it, it's transition time. Uh, new coach, they let Darnell Nurse uh, leave. Um, and, and, you know, school's kind of still out on, on, uh, uh, on, on the new kid or the new guy they brought in, uh, and, uh, Darko, Dar- Darko's his name. He, he, he had a little bit of a hissy fit the other day. Saw that. Um, yeah, he, uh, and justifiably, I, I think, uh, free throws in the, in the fourth quarter were like 23 to two, uh, against them. Um, but, uh. Hey, you know, it, it's going to take them a while, I think, now to turn around. Right now, they're playing without their big kid, the kid in the middle named uh, Pirtle. Um, and so they have no inside presence whatsoever. And so they're, they're, they're really struggling inside. Uh, Pirtle, I think, uh, for a while this year, was, was uh, leading the NBA and field goal percentage. Um, but uh, so they got to get him back. Uh, I see they play tonight. And uh, and Barrett and and, and quickly are, are both not going to play, so yeah. uh, it's it's hard times right now for the for the Raptors. Yeah, it's kind of in a rebuilding though, or well, I guess it, it can't keep rebuilding for too long. Like over there, since 2019, is it that they won the? Yeah, 2019. Yeah, so the, they're kind of rebuilding, but I think the thing that something has come through from the media that I've heard is that they're taking too long to rebuild. Like they should have done it quicker and faster with the ones that they moved earlier. With you know Siakam, they could have moved him earlier and got more for him. Maybe I'm not sure if that's kind of part of the problem that they're all kind of not thinking that they're making the decisions quick enough to get this team rebuilt. Yeah. Well, and and Fred Van Fleet last year they 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 could have traded him. And instead, uh, they just waited until he became a free agent, and then they lost him and got no return. And uh, that's just yeah, that's you know, part of it too. They're poor management. They're really doing a good job of that. Poor management decision on that. Uh, I'm not sure that firing Nick Nurse was, you know, the the best thing in the world. He's always struck me as a pretty good coach, and he had coached them to that 
title, uh, you know, five years ago, albeit with a real good team. But uh, I don't know, it, it just seems like uh, they've just made some decisions from the managerial and uh, really have, they've really turned out badly for them. It's funny how, how it works in, in coaching and in management. You know, in 19, 2019, uh, you know, when when they brought in Kawhi, um, and, uh, you know, and they, they go on and win the, the uh, Larry O'Brien, um, you know, that they're, they're hailed as, you know, as brilliant. It was the greatest move ever. And, and uh, but, you know, Kawhi leaves and here we are five years later. And, and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're trying, we're kind of struggling to, to, to put the pieces back together. Um, so it's, uh, you know, sometimes you just get fortunate, I think. So uh, we'll, we'll have to see what, uh, you know, what they do here uh, going forward. But uh, it, it's going to be a bit of a lull, I think, for, for, for some time to come. Do the, mar- do the, do the basic markets that each team is in make a big difference? For example, like LA has bigger markets than, than what Toronto would have. Is that play part of into the trying to build this up again? Is it is it money? Is it, I don't know. No, I, I don't think we, you know, I, I think we have the, the uh, you know, the, the money to, to, to pay these kids. It, it used to be, you know, you'd always hear that, uh, you know, guys wouldn't want to come to Toronto, uh, to, you know, to come out of the U.S. and come up and play and, and so on. But uh, I don't think that's the case. I, I think our, our fan base has one of the best reputations in the league. It's a great place to come and play. Um, so, uh you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is, but uh, it's as, as I said. Sometimes you get fortunate, uh, and uh, you know, the draft is is another uh, very important uh, area, um, and uh, so you, you have to draft well and, and develop kids, and and uh, hopefully you can make one or two changes. And 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 the thing with basketball, you, you know, if you get one or two kids, all of a sudden you can be very competitive. Yeah. Yes. Not like hockey or football, where you you know you can quite a few more, uh, but you get uh, one or two key ones, and, and uh, you know, you'll be right back in it. Well, you just look at what that team did when they got Vince Carter. I mean, a long time ago, but boy, the, the Raptors went from you know um, an expansion team basically to a contender overnight when Vince Carter arrived. So yeah. it, it can happen. It can happen. And Anobi, uh, and Anobi, that. Uh, the one kid they they shipped to the to the Knicks, the Knicks have been on a heater as they as they say on overdrive uh, since since he arrived over there, and, and uh, um, so it, you know it, it it can happen with one or two kids. Yeah, well they've got Chicago tonight and uh, Houston later in the week, so a couple of very winnable games for them, and uh, we'll see where they go. But uh, it doesn't look like uh, a, a playoff. Uh, Earth is going to be happening anytime this year. Hey guys, uh, we are out of time. 40 minutes or so flies by for us here. Uh, we just want to mention a couple of things. You can always email us at what do you know about sports at gmail.com. Uh, any suggestions, comments, uh, we'd love to hear them. And uh, you can always just uh, go on uh, online here and uh, like the show or subscribe or leave a comment as well. All right, guys, have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. All right, take care.